Welcome to the Happy Me, Happy Earth podcast. I'm your host, Eva Peterson, life coach and Ayurvedic health counselor for changemakers and aspiring activists. Each week, I'm here to support you in creating the change that you want to see in the world without sacrificing your health and well-being. If you are on a mission to make the world a better place, whether you're just starting to get involved or decades deep, you are welcome here. Hello, welcome. Today we're going to be talking about how to turn obstacles into opportunities. So I'll be sharing a very practical exercise that you can use today to start turning the challenges, the problems, the obstacles that you face in life into opportunities so that you can grow as a person and move forward in life instead of getting stuck. (laughs) But before we dive into that, I just want to take a moment to invite you to a workshop that I'm going to be hosting very soon. It's called Burnout Recovery and Prevention, and I'll be hosting this workshop on Sunday, February 19th at 5 p.m. So not this coming weekend, but next weekend. And I'm putting on this event with XR NYC. If you're not familiar with XR, Extinction Rebellion, they are a climate justice movement that I am a part of. I'm part of the regenerative culture practice group of XR NYC. So I am hosting this event through XR, but it is online. So you are all invited. It is completely free. For us activists, changemakers, advocates, burnout is real. It is something that I used to really struggle with. And by remaining in that burnout cycle for years, I kept myself small and I wasn't nearly as effective or productive as I am now. Not to mention I was completely exhausted and miserable, like all the time. (laughs) So in this workshop, I'll be combining ancient Ayurvedic wisdom with modern research to teach you how to heal and prevent burnout. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that you can register for that workshop if you would like. I hope that you will join me. And with that said... I want to start this topic, start diving into this topic by saying that we are all going to have challenges in our life. That is just a fact of life. The sooner that we just admit that to ourselves, accept it, and stop trying to create a life where we have zero challenges, the better off we're going to be, right? We can try and fight reality, but I think life is much more enjoyable when we just accept that we're going to have challenges. There are certain circumstances in our life that are out of our control, and that is just a fact. So we can fight reality, or we can learn how to roll with the punches and make the best of whatever life throws our way. And when we're in the growth mindset, or the change maker mindset, as I call it, we can turn those unexpected obstacles and challenges into opportunities. And whatever the challenge or problem is, it's an opportunity to build resilience. And this word, resilience, I use it a lot. (laughs) I think it is insanely important for us changemakers to build resilience. 
And the Oxford Dictionary defines resilience as the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties, from toughness in life. It's also defined as the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. So it's that flexibility, that elasticity that we can develop. So when we're bent out of shape because some crazy circumstance occurs in our life, we can come back to our center, get grounded, and move forward in life. And this particular topic has been very top of mind recently over the past few months because I had a life circumstance that really threw me off for a while. My husband had been planning to attend a college course. He's going back to school, retraining um, a course in sustainable agriculture, which is super exciting. I'm like super proud of him and so excited for this new direction that he's taking in his life. And he had applied for this course that looked just perfect in May, like right after the applications opened. So he applies to the course and he waits and he waits. And there's this third party application company that he had to submit his application to. And this program, I'm not sure if I already said this, this program is in Germany. So all foreigner applications, my husband is Irish, all foreigner applications go through this third party company, and then they forward them on to the university. So July rolls around, August rolls around, the deadline for applications passes, and so he assumes he's going to hear back very soon whether or not he's gotten in or if his application has been forwarded on to the university. He hears nothing, 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 nothing. So he starts calling this company basically every single day and sending them emails. He also reaches out to the university. Hey, have you gotten my application? What not? And he hears back nothing, nothing, nothing. And it turns out that due to a paperwork issue, the company never sent off his application. So after weeks and weeks of pestering them, they finally send the application on to the university. And then the university contacts him and says, I'm sorry, your stuff looks good. You would absolutely be accepted, but we received your application too late. Classes have already started. You can't start this year. We'd love to have you next year. My husband, Sam, I'm just going to start calling him by his name. <laughs> Sam and I had put all of our eggs in this one basket. <laughs> we, we thought that we were going to be spending the next four years of our lives there in Germany. We've been wanting to settle for a couple of years now, this digital nomad lifestyle that I've been living for the past almost six years now, it seems really idyllic from the outside. And it is. There's, I mean, I feel so privileged and so grateful to have traveled so many places, to have met so many amazing people. And this lifestyle takes a lot of planning. You spend a lot of time in transit. There's an ungroundedness, right, that you get from moving around so much and from not having a steady community. And I and my husband both, we really wanted to focus on other things in life. Like I really want to continue to focus on my business and on helping you, right? So all of a sudden, we didn't have a plan for the year. We had a full year before he could apply to this program again. And we are like, what are we going to do with this year? 
And at the time, so we had left the UK where we had been living. My husband had been working on an organic farm there, but his contract ended. So we had gone to visit his family in Ireland. And so we get this news in Ireland. Luckily, we were surrounded by amazing family to to support us during that time. But the internet at his childhood home, lovely, lovely home. I love it there, but the internet is horrible. And so I'm trying to like get rides into town because I lived a little bit out of town, but I needed to get rides into town so that I could have good internet. And it was just a little crazy. We decided to spend a few weeks there because one of my husband's best friends was getting married. He was in the wedding. So we stayed there through the wedding. And then we decided we're going to come to the U.S. We're going to visit my family for the holidays. And then Sam found this great opportunity in Guatemala to work for this organization of indigenous mind women who are working on projects around food security and entrepreneurship. So anyway, basically, we thought we were going to be entering into this really stable part of our lives where we have community and we can just focus on, you know, things other than travel. And then all of a sudden, we were just really thrown in to another year on the road, another year of question marks. <laughs> and it, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I'm going to kind of use that example as I'm talking through this process of turning challenges into opportunities because it's a challenge that was or that is very present in my mind. Of course, I have many other examples of challenges in my life, some that are much more extreme examples, but I'm going to use this one because it's top of mind right now. So when an unexpected obstacle occurs, we can respond in a few different ways. We can blame others for our misfortune. I could blame this third-party application company, for example. (laughs) We can take personal responsibility for any part that we had to play in the situation. And we can take personal responsibility for our reaction to the situation. We can choose to respond in the fixed mindset or the growth mindset. We can respond with an internal locus of control or an external locus of control. If you're not familiar with those terms, fixed and growth mindset or locus of control, you can check back, I think it's episodes three and four, where I talk about developing the change maker mindset. Other ways that we can respond to obstacles, we can find life lessons in the obstacles. (laughs) We can search for the silver lining and find opportunities, or We can wallow in self-pity and be miserable and decide to stay stuck. There are a million other ways that we can respond to unexpected life situations, but you might notice that some of these reactions serve us. They become fuel for our personal growth. They help us move forward in life. They help us to become wiser and more resilient versions of ourselves. And other ways of responding and reacting keep us small and stuck, and they feel very disempowering. We don't always have control over the circumstances in our lives. In fact, oftentimes we don't have control over the circumstances in our lives, but we do get to decide how we respond. Full disclosure here, I have responded in all these different ways at different times of my life. (laughs) But it's really important that we take that 
choice to heart. I just want that to really sink in. We don't always have control over the circumstances in our lives, but we do get to decide how we respond. And oftentimes those responses are kind of subconscious, right? We don't always even have an awareness that we are choosing. We're just choosing based on our patterns, our habits, instead of consciously seeing that we have a choice. And I want to say too, that it is really important to allow our emotions to exist. I'm not saying here that when something happens, you should just instantly try to put a positive spin on it, figure out the life lessons and move forward. That is not what I am saying at all. We do not want to stuff down our emotions. And you are not wrong for getting upset or for being sad or for being disappointed. If you're experiencing those emotions when you come up against a challenge or when a problem occurs, it doesn't mean that you're weak or that you're doing something wrong if you feel upset. It's so important that we acknowledge our feelings and that we allow ourselves the time and the space to move through them. That is how we develop emotional intelligence, right? Strength is being able to accept and feel our emotions. It is not weak to allow ourselves to go into those emotions. So for example, when I found out about Germany, if I remember correctly, it was late in the week. So I finished up my work. I think I had maybe a day and a half of work left in that week. And I noticed that part of me felt like, wow, this is really a first world problem or a privileged problem to have. But I had to remind myself that regardless of how large or small the obstacles that we're facing are, it is still an obstacle and my feelings were completely valid. So I chose to let myself really feel my feelings. I spent almost an entire day in bed at my in-law's house. It's kind of embarrassing because I knew that they were a bit worried about me, but I just had to let myself feel my feelings and be disappointed, be sad, and make space for all of those feelings. I talked to my partner. I definitely felt sorry for myself. I also realized that I felt a lot of fear because we didn't have a plan. And I just let myself feel all of that before going into planning mode, before deciding what to do next. And it's interesting when we're in that place of like the thing just happened and we're feeling really low, oftentimes I'll hear these little sayings such as everything happens for a reason or things are always working out for you. And I find those little sayings totally throw away. I find them totally unhelpful. Maybe you're different. Maybe Maybe your belief system fits in with those sayings and they feel really helpful for you and that's awesome. My approach though is that circumstances are neutral. We assign the meaning. We decide if it's an obstacle or not. (laughs) We decide whether what happens in our lives works for us or works against us. We decide how we think about the situation, how we feel about it, how we react to it. I find that approach to challenges much more empowering than just saying everything happens for a reason. And also when we're in the low after the thing occurs, before we go into planning mode or life lesson mode, it can also be great to get help. So I mentioned that I chatted a lot 
with my husband during this time. Also, I talked a lot to some of my good friends. So if you can talk to a trusted friend, a family member, a therapist, a life coach, you know, it can be hard to be vulnerable and to rely on others, but it is also so, so important. And especially for those of us who are working towards climate justice and social justice, we face obstacles and blocks all the time. It's just so important that we have community, that we have support, and that we share our feelings and our grief and our climate anxiety with others. Okay, so now that we've talked a little bit about making sure that you share your feelings and just acknowledging that your feelings are valid, I want to share a practice that will help you to learn how to turn obstacles into opportunities. And I say practice because just like any other skill worth learning, this skill takes practice. This is something that I've done quite a few times with myself and also with my clients, and I call it the silver lining practice. Maybe you're familiar with the saying, every cloud has a silver lining. Through this practice, you'll basically be training your brain to find the opportunities in past experiences and challenges. And by practicing with those past experiences, we are building this skill so that in the future, when new challenges and problems pop up, because you know they're going to, we're also able to turn those into opportunities. So here's the basic questions that you'll ask yourself during this process. Question number one, what big obstacles have I faced in my life? And then you'll want to identify the obstacles as A, something that happened to you, or B, self-initiated. So something that was caused by something that you did. Question number three, identify the positive outcomes and anything good that happened as a result of that obstacle. Number four, what lessons did you learn as a result? I'll be sure to put these questions in the show notes so that you can go back and look at this and do this practice on your own time when you have the time and space. And right now, I want to dive a bit deeper into each of these questions and share a little bit again from the situation that I'm currently going through with Germany falling through so that you can better understand how to move through this process. So that first question, what big obstacles have you faced in life? So for this question, we want to describe the situation. So these could be obstacles that you faced in childhood or your family life, possibly as you're going after higher education or in your career and work life, obstacles in your relationships. All of these are fair game. Pull out several big obstacles that you face, maybe three to five obstacles. These are the circumstances. In my example, the obstacle is not being able to settle in Germany and instead still being on the road for another year. Next, we want to identify the obstacle as something that happened to you or (laughs) self-initiated. So for me, 
you know, it might not be black and white here. Life rarely is black and white, right? So for this particular situation, we realized, so Sam could have started to reach out to this company a bit earlier and be more proactive, right? That's something that he could have done. So in a way, maybe this was slightly self-initiated, but the company also decided to process everything too late and send it to the university too late after the deadline. So in that case, it was something that happened to us. All right. So next we want to identify the positive outcomes and anything good that happened as a result of the obstacle. So you can ask yourself, did it eventually lead to something positive? Did it maybe put you on a different path that led to something positive? And sometimes when looking at past examples from our life, we need to revisit the situations multiple times before we see this and realize that those positives might reveal themselves over time. I want to invite you to challenge yourself to find some positives. And if the obstacle for you is very fresh, (laughs) it might be a bit harder to identify these positive outcomes. But do go ahead and try to start to shift your perspective and see the positives. So for example, some positives that came out of this circumstance, not moving to Germany, it hardened my resolve to continue my work and to continue showing up for you, for my community, for my important work. When I was in the UK, I we were there for six months, so I finally had the stability to start publishing regular podcast episodes, to dive deeper into creating new programs for my clients, to hosting more workshops, all of these things. And especially because I thought we were going to be just moving from the UK to Germany and I would continue to have that stability. So I had the confidence to start diving into my work deeper. That was really turned on its head when I realized we weren't moving to Germany and we were going to be nomads for another year. And a lot of fear came up for me because I was like, can I still remain consistent with everything that I've got going on now and all this travel? But I was able to really get clear on my priorities. And luckily, I plan in such a way that I have been able to continue prioritizing my work and my activism in spite of still being a nomad and still traveling. So I used to use my nomadic lifestyle as a bit of an excuse, honestly, as to why I couldn't consistently publish content or have a podcast or market myself consistently. I was always showing up consistently for my clients. I was absolutely lying in the sand. I will be consistent for my clients. I will be there for them. I will be the best life coach that I can be. But all of these other business tasks just totally went by the wayside because I was living this nomadic lifestyle. And when Germany fell through, those that fear and that desire to put things off until I had that stability came back up for me. But I decided, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to develop more resilience and become even better at planning and being productive during my work hours and taking rest and enjoying life and making sure that I have that work-life balance and get creative about how I can be 
very efficient during my work hours so that I can get things done and enjoy the time I'm spending with my family. Enjoy the time I'm spending volunteering and traveling. Another positive outcome is that I've developed a lot more self-trust. This Germany program fell through at the beginning of October. Now it is the start of February. So over the past few months, even though we have been traveling quite a bit, we've been spending time with family, I have still continued to get my work done. I have remained true to my word. I have been consistently publishing podcasts. I have been consistently showing up for my clients, consistently showing up for my newsletter and my email list. I have become so much better at planning and organizing my life and not just self-trust, but I feel like I've become a lot kinder to myself. I've been able to develop more self-compassion and be more realistic about what I can get done. In order to keep the high level of valuable, consistent content and work that I started doing in the UK when I was more stable, I've become a real master at planning and organizing so that I can keep my life balanced. So I think I've said the same thing in a couple different ways here. (laughs) But the last thing that I'll mention is that I have also developed a lot more self-confidence in these past few months because of the way that I've been able to handle the Germany falling through circumstance. I have more confidence and I know that whatever comes my way, I have the resilience. I have the tools. I have the mindset to meet the challenge. I have the self-confidence that I can turn obstacles into opportunities (laughs) because I now have this past evidence of, of doing it, right? And so I hope too for you going back and looking at the circumstances in your life and the different ways that you created positive outcomes from them, because I know you've done this too. I know you can look back and see ways in your life that you have turned really challenging circumstances into positive things into positive self-growth, for example. This exercise helps you to look for that past evidence in your life. And look hard, guys. Challenge your brain to find the positives. I know they are there. Okay, the last question here that I want to ask you as you're going through this process of turning life's challenges into opportunities What lesson did you learn as a result of the challenge or of the obstacle? Some things that I've learned through this, and I'll I'll keep this a bit short because this podcast is getting a little long. (laughs) One of the things that I learned is that I don't have to have the perfect work environment to get things done. I've really been able to release my perfectionism in this way. I thought I had to have like certain things, a perfect setup, no distractions in order to really be consistent in my business. And that's just not the case. I've proven that the opposite is true. Another life lesson that Sam and I learned through this circumstance is to be proactive and persistent. If something seems off, if someone is not following through with what they said that they would do, like this third-party application company, You have to be persistent. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to not let the worry of like, oh, I'm annoying somebody get in your way. 
Sam had to start calling these guys every single day in order to get them to process his application. And lastly, the the last lesson that I'll mention, although I've definitely pulled other lessons from this circumstance, but the last one that I'll mention here is to always have a plan B. We put all of our eggs in the one Germany college program basket. We had no plan B, in part because Sam had done a ton of research and had talked to people at the university, professors, admissions, and they told him that he was a shoo-in. So we had thought that, like, of course, he's going to get in. It won't be a problem. We had not expected this paperwork issue or this third-party company messing everything up. But in the future, we will always make a plan B so that we're not totally thrown off balance when something doesn't go to plan. And like I mentioned before, you can use this process for things that happen to you in the future, too. But be sure to first feel your feelings. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, (laughs) you might add a question to the beginning of this process when you're considering a circumstance that you're still kind of like in the thick of. That question being, how does this situation make me feel? I like to think about where in my body am I feeling the different emotions? Like, what do the emotions actually feel like in my body? So those questions again, plus the one added for current obstacles. How does the situation make me feel? Was this obstacle something that happened to me or was it self-initiated? Next, identify the positive outcomes that happened as a result of the obstacle. And last, what lessons did I learn as a result? And that is a process that you can use to build the skill of turning life's obstacles into opportunities. As always, I hope that this episode has been so helpful for you and that you can look back at the obstacles and problems that you faced in your life with a new, fresh perspective after today's episode. And know that by practicing this, you will be equipping yourself with the tools and the mindset to turn obstacles into opportunities in the future. Each time an obstacle or a challenge comes up, we can see it as another opportunity to grow. So that is all for today. Next week, in honor of Valentine's Day, I will be sharing some self-love practices (laughs) that you can do to start loving yourself more because we can all use a little bit more self-love in our lives. In the meantime, I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed today's chat, I want to invite you to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And if you desire more support on your change-making journey, please check out my free guide, Self-Care for Changemakers. You can find the guide, the show notes, and other resources on my website at happymehappyearth.com. As always, it's an honor to be in your ears. Thank you so much for listening.